0: iPhone gaming? Pfft, who cares about that? We're going to talk about some old school Mac games today on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: No, no. Mm-hmm. no, we have a guest, <laughs> Paul. We have guests.
0: Just because you're offended by it doesn't mean that he is. <laughs> That's true.
1: Oh, shit. <laughs>
0: We still keep threatening to see if anybody can identify what song I'm trying to to mouth sound out, (laughs) but I'm gonna stretch it out as long as I can. Welcome everybody. Today I'm pressed to cancel. We have the great sick Jake. Hi, say hi, Jake. Hey, hi, Jake. There we go. And then we have myself, Polish 109. Say hi, Polish. And we also have a special guest. My my friend the computer nerd, cloaked alien from Twitch. Say hi cloaked. Hi cloaked. <laughs> See, there we go. He's he's my, my unofficial husband, even though his I think I think his wife's his wife's okay with it. It's okay. Yeah, it's a little official. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're gonna to be talking about some mech old school mech games, and I'm not talking Candy Crush on your phone or your iPad or your uh we're not even going to go to the iMac. We're going to go way back. We're going to go to like the 80s and 90s, and we're going to talk about some of these things. Because I had a DOS computer. I had a 286. I don't even know what those numbers actually mean. <laughs> but those, that was completely out of, uh, out of my wheelhouse, and I still loved it. But I had no experience with a Mac until... Pretty much around the time IMAX actually started coming out, so I thought that it would be cool for us to talk about this, and I wanted to bring Cloaked Alien in because nobody knows older computers better than me. <laughs> yeah, right. No, it's Cloaked. Cloaked is a a very true fan of original hardware and computers in general, so I thought getting your input on this would be awesome. So thanks for joining us.
2: I'm the I'm today's pet nerd.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're you're a nerd like us every day, but today we get to uh, put you on the pedestal—the <laughs> special nerd.
1: Yeah, this is great because like, again, like this is a gap that we definitely have. Like, I I didn't have a computer myself until I was 17, so the only exposure I had to Max has been basically elementary school. So I know a little bit, but it's good to have somebody who's more knowledgeable about this.
0: I was I was probably 15 by the time I actually got to use a Mac, and I didn't know there was anything different. I thought a computer was a computer was a computer. So if it didn't say Tandy on it, I was like, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> so, Cloaked, where should we start, man? What's What's your earliest memory with uh, with any kind of Mac games, or even a Mac in general?
2: I don't know exactly what my first memory with a Mac was. Uh, I th- I think like you know the old school Macs the the one in all like the, the monitor and the hard drive and the floppy drive anything integrated like the original Macintosh.
1: Right, the black and white one.
2: Yeah, the black and white one. Basically, I I think I've seen those when I was like very young, but my earliest like proper memory is was actually when I was I was a teenager, and my dad he got a Macintosh SE thirty. It's actually one of those those old black and white Macs, but also a very powerful, like, for its time, computer.
1: I think that's the one with the 20 meg hard drive.
2: (laughs) Yeah, something like like that.
1: And it cost, I think, almost 4,000 US at the time, which is insane to me.
0: How much? Like 4K, like 3,900
1: for the high-end one.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow, man. That's amazing. And
2: And I know that specific model came out, like, late 80s but I'm pretty sure my dad didn't buy it new he probably bought it like used uh, for like a small amount of cash so it this would probably have been like as I said in my teens I, I was I was born 1980 so I was in my teens like in 1993 so probably somewhere around that like 93 94 or something right that computer was actually one of my first like proper experiences into computing believe it or not like i i you know me as a kind of a dos guy like retro pc stuff but my i got my first old pc in 1994 that was my first pc like an xt class machine that was it was very dated even then so i actually had my first experiences with the mac
1: so when you first had the mac what were you using with it as a teen? Was it for schoolwork? Were you encoding, or it was just games and mess around?
2: Yeah, this was actually before I knew any coding or anything. I learned that on the PC. So this was like it wasn't my computer; it was my dad's computer. So whenever I was at his place, he showed me a bunch of games, and I played them. And these were like black and white games, of course. And at least one of the games that stuck with me the most was Civilization. I had my first play of Civilization on a black and white Apple Macintosh. (laughs) And my dad taught me how the game fundamentals worked, (laughs) which is absolutely (laughs) hilarious. So so that's one of my fondest memory of the Macs for sure. Like Civilization, it actually works in black and white. And and you have to remember that for the people that don't know that we're not talking like Game Boy Shades of Gray or something here. We're talking monochrome, black or white. So no shades, just patterns. And th- there was quite a bit of games that actually worked well in black and white. I, I kind of love the aesthetic to these d- to this day, actually.
1: Well, when I look at the graphic style, because it's it's not. You're right. It's black or white. It's one bit or whatever whatever you call it. Yeah. But there there's detail there in the graphics in these games. Oh yeah and it looks really great and it reminds me of manga right with because manga has the tones and basically dithering effects to kind of get different colors or different shades and you see a lot of dithering effects on old mac games and i love it
0: yes yeah, some of these games looked like black and white Atari games and other ones looked just like stellar i was like surprised Especially with some games that were five years older and looked like they were something you'd expect to see at the beginning of the like the life of that computer.
1: Like when I think of like Space Quest or Please Quest games on P- on DOS, uh, you know, like obviously has the colors, but very pixelated, very chunky. But when I look at games on the, the Macintosh, even though they weren't in color, they're black and white. Something like Shadowgate, like the graphic fidelity is there. Like I really love to look at it.
0: Yeah, they were really, like, pushing what they could do. And that's, that's like, I mean, that's something they do to this day, is pushing the hardware to its limits and seeing what they can get away with. And it's not even so much seeing seeing what they can get away with, but seeing what they can change to make things work. You know, like, being clever with how they code it and stuff like that. Things that were all over my head until lately, and I'm like, oh, so that's how they did that? Oh, okay. But, yeah, it's really cool to look back at these games, because... There's a lot of indie games where people are throwing out game jams and, you know, trying to beat something in, like, or trying to throw a game out from start to finish in four hours, 24 hours, a week, a month, whatever the game jams are. Those ones, you see a lot of them coming out, and they look like old Mac games, and now I'm starting to appreciate them even more because you basically have these simplified aesthetics, but at the same time, they're throwing in what they can purely because of the time restraint, and I'm just like, this feels like an evolution of just Mac stuff. And again, because this was something I had no experience with, it's really just opened my eyes to uh, a whole different world of games that I had no idea existed. This and like Amiga and stuff like that, Commodore 64, I was aware of them, but I want to try these ones out now.
2: Yeah, the Mac like the old school Macs, like the very early games. I don't remember what they were called, but they had a lot like simple pick up and play games in black and white like with tanks that were shooting people or simple like uh, I don't know. If you ever played the game Mouse Trap in Windows where you think you're I think you're a oh, right, yeah, right. you think you're a mouse that's running around you have to push blocks and contain cats or whatever i can't remember exactly but there was a game like that for the mac called beast it was the same thing was a dude running around pushing blocks you have to close off the ghosts. it's like super simple very fun to play it was something that inspired me a lot when i learned how to code so i did something like that in dos just like for kicks because everything was so simple Yeah, so the early Mac games for me are like simple pick-up-and-play games, like they're because they were so accessible. They were so easy to run, and like you didn't have to install them or anything. You can just copy them on a floppy and drag them to the desktop, and they're installed.
1: I think that was the great thing about the Macintosh is that it was very, like you said, accessible, right? Very easy to use. One that's why, for me growing up, we had the Apple Twos in elementary school. But for high school, it was the, the Macintosh. And the reason they got a computer lab with them is because they're so easy to use. And the teacher didn't have to spend a lot of time setting things up. Yeah. So, I mean, I actually did our typing class. was on a Mac. And uh, by coding my, my computer studies course, we had to use, I think it was Basic or Quick Basic on the Mac we had to use. So I remember coding uh, Arkanoid, basically, a brick breaking game in on that. And I loved it.
0: Oh, cool. See, I never got to do any of that. (laughs) (laughs) I I, we had these old in elementary school. We had like these old tandys that ran DOS, as far as I know, unless Tandy is a completely different thing. I just remember seeing those. And this is the age where you know every time you go into the computer lab, the first thing you have to do before you even turn the thing on is take off the dust shields. (laughs) (laughs) So, but we never did any of that. Like early elementary school, the only things we'd do on PC or on computer. I'm, going to, I'm just gonna say, try not to say PC, <laughs> because I don't know, even know if it was a PC or not.
1: Well, oh, PC compatible is what I kept hearing back then. It's PC compatible. <laughs> it runs Windows.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we were basically just playing edutainment games. It was Reader Rabbit. It was Math Rabbit. And then we'd get time to play Ducktales because that was on there. So it, you know, that's that's the earliest memories of computer stuff. And I never got to see a Mac until I was in grade. Four grade eight or nine and my friend had one and like i don't know maybe it was an imac i can't remember but my friend had one and then when i started hanging out with him i started hanging out with more of his friends one guy they had a mac in every bedroom and what? this is like a <laughs> wow yeah there was there was a, a family of five and there was a mac in every bedroom That's... <laughs> so wow but i mean these are ones from the 80s too like i'm sure this guy got them for like you know like a 100 bucks but the the one thing that stood out for Macs for me is that I, I didn't know, like, it just seemed cryptic. It seemed like uh like pure computer to me because there were no graphics. Uh, I wasn't, like, I was aware on how to get stuff working in DOS, you know, C, CD backslash or change directory, all this stuff. I used to understand those, but when it came to a Mac and seeing the mouse and stuff like that for the first time, I was like, uh what's this so and these guys were mac nerds yeah. and and they were like mac is supreme this is way better it can do everything your pc can do and more and they actually knew how to use it which was yeah which is what i used to think about early macs is like if you were serious about working with computers you usually had a mac if you didn't have both you had you had a mac first and that's that's what i think of so i think of people programming and Figuring weird things out and stuff that I would have had no experience with as a kid. These are the ones that, like like Jake was talking about, programming Arkanoid and stuff. I never did that. I just did keyboarding class. That was all we ever did. That's funny, though, because my impression is pretty much the other
2: way around. Like... <laughs> no, seriously, because like Macintosh at least in like from my perspective Macintosh was never a nerd computer. Uh, the people that used old school Macintosh were people that were into <sighs> like graphic design, uh, desktop publishing stuff because the, the Macintosh was like superior for that. I know it's not game related, but like that's the way it was. That that's probably also how I think I think a relative of mine was heavy into Macintosh because it was a computer you didn't really have to be a nerd to use a mac it was intuitive like from yeah. from the most basic things to installing apps to uninstalling apps you just dragged them to the trash bin and empty it it was like super simple my dad could handle his macintosh while drinking whiskey that i mean that
0: that's that's how easy it <laughs> <Nice>. was <laughs> see that i never got that idea
2: <laughs> yeah Like, I've never been an Apple fanboy. Like, I've always been a DOS Windows type of guy. I've never been much into Linux until recently where I started running more servers and stuff. But I have come to appreciate old-school Macintosh stuff more now. Because now I can see, like, in hindsight, I can see, holy shit, they really did do lots of stuff like before their time. Yeah. Like, simple networking stuff. Man, you had... uh, uh, you had a local talk cables that you built into even older Macs. You can just put a cable between two computers, uh, and you can have simple networking. The older Macs they used SCSI. And SCSI is very compatible. You can take like a modern SCSI drive and slap some adapters on, and you can have an old school Mac use it. I have in my old Macintosh, which is coincidentally my dad's old SE thirty Macintosh. I actually have it here at home.
1: It still works.
2: It still works. Uh, Actually, I had to have it refurbished because the battery blew up, which is also (laughs) a very common thing with these old-school Macs. So if you have an old-school Mac, take out the battery very quickly because they literally explode. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, I had to send the motherboard of my Mac. Because it was my dad's old, and I have memories growing up with this, I figured, okay, I won't just replace it. I will send it over to a bunch of guys in the States. And it cost me a couple of hundred dollars to have it repaired. But, I mean, I got my money's worth, so it works just fine.
1: Yeah, when I was looking at Max, the, the thing I was reading was uh, they were kind of giving that added bonus of, yes, it's expensive, yeah, but it has a built-in cooling fan, and this will last you 15 years. So, like, they kind of knew even then <laughs> that they're guaranteeing how long this computer would last a family if you bought one.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this works. I mean, aside from normal electronic stuff and the hard drive I have in it, it's like a... it's still not a modern drive, but it's like... It's an 8 gigabyte. I mean, as you said, these computers came with 20 megabytes of hard drive. Yeah. I have an 8 gigabyte hard drive, a SCSI hard drive that I took from a server. It has some weird connector, like an SCA bus or whatever. And I have a simple adapter to it, and it just works. I used some software on it that I have partitioned the drive my 8 gigabyte drive. I mean, there's there's not enough software to even fill that drive. And I still <laughs> have like the charm of having like a mechanical drive of course there are crap loads of like these memory card solutions like the sd2 SCSI uh, boards that are out there that worked with everything that has SCSI support
1: and like it was years of windows people like if, if i never have to look at the driver window ever again i, I could die happy because i had so many issues with drivers and just stuff not working like the idea of plug and play you're right like mac was big for that
2: same thing when I when I did some reinstall and stuff. I needed to get some software on there. I could use my ZIP drive with a SCSI interface connected to my PC. I could copy over some stuff, and it with a simple extension. It could read the, the DOS file system, so it was easy to like transfer files, even before I had networking on it. It's like it's hard to explain, but it really feels that the machine was way ahead of its time despite being like a small black and white machine um, with all the hardware interfaces and even with the software i i even had i had another computer like a portable mac before that had it didn't have a network interface but my old mac se30 did so i could connect like i could take a local local talk cable connect my laptop to my macintosh se30 and i just had to tick a few boxes and suddenly my laptop was sharing internet connection or and network connection with through my SE30 it was working at, as a gateway and i remember doing like sharing connections and stuff like this in windows that was a real pain in the ass back in the day it was super <laughs> complex. and this just worked it was so simple with an operating system that's from i mean i'm using system 7 on it it was released in Early nineties, and like early nineteen ninety one. What state was Windows in back then?
1: (laughs) Windows networking is still a mess, and it's you know twenty twenty one. Like it's it's insane.
0: (laughs) No, but this is actually twenty twenty one. Shit. Yeah, I thought it was twenty seventeen. The Forbidden Year. Indeed.
2: Now, I was watching a
1: documentary
2: recently about Macintosh, and they were interviewing some guy that was in, like, a Macintosh computer club, blah, blah, blah. And his argument in Apple versus Microsoft, he said that... When using a Macintosh computer, you're you're feeling like you're the one in control, and it does what you want to. When you're using a Windows computer, it makes you feel dumb because you don't understand what's <laughs> happening. It's like it's hard to grasp what the dialogues mean and why what you're doing wrong, etc. While well, a Mac is pretty straightforward, and I and I can actually subscribe a bit to that, even even though I I have my preference, and it's 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 not like Apple stuff, not then, not now. <laughs>
0: It's kind of cool how much it has gone back and forth in the years though because like i didn't i think of dos and Mac being just two different sides of the same coin yeah. people played games play you know they had the same uses you know people had preferences, but then mid nineties windows ninety five and stuff came out p c started getting really popular and that really blew up. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, mid-2000s, you know, early to mid-2000s, when, like, the MacBooks and stuff started coming out, those started taking over, and people were like, these are superior. And now it's just like, it seems, for me, from, like, the circles that I, I'm in, it seems like, oh, yeah, screw Macs. So it's, like, back and forth, and I'm wondering in five years, is Apple going to do the same thing and basically find something else that is going to take over the market instead of just releasing another iPhone every year.
1: Well, a lot of that drive is because of Steve Jobs, right? And he was the, the visionary with yeah. the marketing spin on things. So, Right. Yeah, that's that's a good fact.
2: Like, the place I'm working at, I've been working at the same place for a long time. It's it's almost 20 years now, and I've, I've known both my bosses for a long time. And uh, when I was visiting... Uh, the company in i think it was mid 90s um they were pretty much only using macintosh computers like power pc like the early 90s era stuff and right. they only had one pc computer it was a 486 it was in the corner of the office and it had the marquee screensaver saying i wish i was a macintosh <laughs> <laughs> They only had it for, like, some very specific use cases. And they, were, they weren't they were doing any programming stuff or anything. They were doing, like, desktop publishing stuff, the image processing, like, Photoshop has its roots. Like, on the Macintosh, my first experience with Photoshop was in black and white on my dad's old SE30, like, Photoshop 2 or whatever. Like
1: Oh, I didn't realize it was that far back.
2: It's so far... Yeah, I, I've been, like, doing pixel art in... Photoshop, (laughs) like black and white icons for the Mac. Oh, that's another thing I remember. That's pretty damn cool with the Macintosh. Even in the older system, like System 7, if you want to put a custom icon on a folder or a file or whatever, if you pull up properties on any file, you can just click on the icon and you can copy it or you can paste over it from from whatever you have in your clipboard. Which I thought was amazing. Like, oh, I want to have a cool folder on my pers a cool icon on my personal <laughs> folder on my dad's computer. Then I can just go to his icon collection, and just co- copy whichever icon I wanted to have on my folder. It was like ridiculous easy, and it was charming, and it made it more personal.
1: I remember that now. I remember that because <laughs> because what would happen is kids in our class would edit the icons <laughs> with you know. Dick and tits, as kids would do, <laughs> and the teacher would notice and get pissed off. <laughs> I, I remember he used to walk around to make sure we weren't doing that kind of stuff because that was neat. <laughs> I just remember that. That's hilarious.
0: Yeah, all I'm thinking now is like Windows 95 versus Windows 98. I remember Windows 98; you could have like a gradient going from like the top of your <laughs> window bar to the other side, and that was the coolest thing. So that's why Windows 98 was superior in my head. So <laughs> yeah, but Mac got the uh, the
1: pair of eyes and the. The top of the screen, and follow your cursor.
2: Only well, if you installed it. The, it's the eyeballs extension. It's not default. You have to install it.
1: <laughs> I swear, everyone I use had it.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Just because they all went another way to, to install it. Oh yeah,
2: Th- it. that's how I remember what it's called because it wasn't a long time ago. I did my research to make sure I installed it on my Mac. <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. So since we're talking about installing stuff, what kind of games were you installing? What kind of what kind of things? Because Okay. I don't. I don't. I don't know many games. I one thing I wanted to bring up is the Mac Venture games because yes. that that's something that was blowing my mind. Is Shadowgate is one of my favorite Nintendo games. And even though I've never beat it on Nintendo, I've only beaten it on PC. <laughs> but the music and stuff stuck out. Stuck out. Stuck out. Anyways, uh, <laughs> what what did you play? What did you remember playing?
2: Uh, well, I've never played the Mac Venture games on Macintosh, actually. I've had my first experience with those on NES. But I had, like I was talking about before, like Civilization was one of the first games I played on my dad's black and white Macintosh. Another game he had, which was freaking amazing, was actually Chuck Yeager's Air Combat. It was one of those, like, flight sims, air combat sims. On a Mac? Yeah, on a Mac, Uh, 3D and everything, but in black and white with dittering, of course. Um, Really? Freaking amazing. I love that game. One thing you have to remember that the SE30 actually has a Motorola 68K030 processor running at 16 megahertz. That's actually faster than an Amiga 1200. So it had quite a bit of processing power. It was not a slow computer by any means.
0: Right. And to think, I thought Motorola didn't show up until cell phones were invented and started becoming common. So wow. Yeah,
2: but but Chuck Yeager's Air Combat, it didn't run at like the highest frame rate. Or you you could actually remove some effects, like you could lower the detail, you could remove clouds, etc. But it was, for me, it was pretty mind blowing to play this on a black and white Macintosh, uh, and it was actually quite fun. You you, you had to do some dogfighting, you had to practice landing, etc. So. Uh, while it wasn't really a flight simulator, it was like a. It is one of those games I played quite a bit on DOS after I moved forward. Like this, okay, this is a cool game. I love this game. I played it like after after the Macintosh.
1: That's wild that the Mac can do something like that. I didn't realize it was doing that kind of level of graphics. Like, oh yeah, I, I've always been impressed with the Macintosh's graphics, like we were saying earlier. But uh, that's wild.
2: That's it's actually a powerful machine. And I think I played, of course, I played Railroad Tycoon, um, right. which I, it is an older game, so that that ran fine.
1: I heard that there was, um, SimCity was on Macintosh as well.
2: Oh yeah, the first version. I'm not a big fan of that though, because my personal, SimCity for me, like the first version of SimCity, I played it on the Super Nintendo. So that's right. a very, very more... Uh, enjoyable I, I always felt like the original sim was kind of boring because I was spoiled with the super nintendo version I think yeah Yeah.
0: Sup- super nintendo hype
2: super nintendo hype all the way no but I played uh, prince of persia played on the black and white macintosh I
1: think it was a mac original I think originally
2: Oh, maybe it was uh, yeah I think so too and what else did I play um
0: I used to like. I played Prince Persia on DOS. I used to have that on my PC, but uh, like the difference it it for between what I've seen of the Mac version and what I've seen of the DOS version, it basically looks like they just added color to the same exact game to me. Like I, I I can't. I haven't gone like side by side, but I just remember it's like. As soon as you see it, hey, that's Prince of Persia, and that that was it. And I'm just like the same angles, the same kind of motion. Like you realize, it's like okay, this I bet you this play is just like it. So, uh, it's it's cool to see these games that I've grown up with realize, that, oh, they probably were on Mac first, or they were on, at least on a on a computer before I played them on like NES or Super Nintendo or.
1: There was one game when I was doing research on uh, Dark Castle, which came on the Mac first in '86. It's it's a interesting platformer. Uh, it's got some odd choices of graphics, but it's it's a neat like puzzly platformer on Mac, and there were there was ports on other systems. There's actually a Genesis Genesis port of it. So somebody actually took a you know a Macintosh black and white platformer and re ported it to the Genesis EA. I think it did this one, but all they did when you look at them side by side, they took the original graphics and just redrew them. But it's got the exact same style, it just colorized. And it looks better <laughs> on the Mac than That's it does so on the cool. Genesis. Because it didn't yeah. really take advantage of the Genesis, right?
2: Yeah. My dad didn't only have the SE30. He actually got a little bit later on, he got one of those. It's a little bit of a later model, that not one of those self-contained models, but it had a separate monitor and stuff. I think it was the 2SI. Pretty much just a little faster, but with a color monitor. So then I got to play some more games that weren't just black and white. And...
1: I think Battle Chess was on that one.
2: Oh, I never played that.
1: I think that's the one I had, yeah.
2: I did play SimCity 2000 on it. That's, okay. that's my first experience with SimCity 2000. I played a crap load of SimCity 2000 on that machine. Because even though, like, even if the Mac SC 30 was a powerful machine... Uh, a lot of games still required color, and of course that doesn't work on a monochrome screen. So right. there was a lot of games I didn't get to experience until the 2SI. Uh, SimCity 2000 being one of them. Spectre VR, if you ever seen that. It's like a vector wireframe tank queue-em-up game, sort of futuristic. I
1: don't think I've heard of that one. I love that. It's like the early 3D gaming in a way, which is interesting.
2: Yeah, a little yeah, cyber-ish. And Pirate's Gold.
1: Oh, that's one of my favorite games. Although I played the Genesis version the most, but I love Pirate's Gold.
2: Oh, yeah. And there was actually a pinball game that I really enjoyed. It was called Crystal Caliburn. I played that like crazy as well. (laughs) (laughs) And I think you can still buy it or something weird. They have it for sale on their website. It's super weird. I really enjoyed that game. Uh, For the most part, I stuck to... Like, the classic games I really enjoyed. I never played Dark Castle, actually, because we didn't have it back then.
1: Yeah, I'm just thinking of the games I I snuck in and got a chance to play. Like, I feel bad, but the the game I played the most in high school was Glider, where you're a paper airplane and you're just going from one side of the screen to the other. And I love that game. Yeah. (laughs) But it's such a simple thing. But there's so much better stuff on there. Like, Chuck Yeager, like, a flight simulator. I didn't even know that existed. (laughs) It's amazing.
2: And Chuck Yeager, that was actually from Electronic Arts, I think.
1: Oh, that that fits, yeah.
2: And there were I I played a bunch of like point and click adventure games. I don't remember the titles, but the, the games like that always stuck with me. Are still stick with me to these these days. Of course, like Civilization and SimCity games. That's that's what I considered my roots.
1: Well, point and click. That's why it's interesting. You didn't play the Mac Venture games because no. So Shadowgate for the NES is the one I played, and mostly I like it for the NES because of the soundtrack. <laughs> But you go back to the Mac version, where it originally released, I want to say 88, I could be wrong, 87. I took notes. But it came out on the Mac first, no music. (laughs) Like a lot of Mac games have no music. It's just sound effects. But um, when you look at the ending of the game, like the last sequence, I don't want to spoil it if that's a thing for a 30-year-old game. But you look at the ending in the Shadowgate on the Mac versus Amiga, which came out a year later, and NES... Mac looks really great. It still holds up.
0: Yeah, it looks oddly good considering it's all like essentially black and white, but they, they did colorize it.
1: And the inventory system was amazing, because you're using the mouse to move your inventory, so you have a bag. Yep. And you're dragging and dropping icons. It feels very much like you're working on a desktop and you're dragging the stuff to your inventory. Whereas in the NES you're using a list. It's awkward. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That that's the thing with lots of old-school Mac games. Like, I I didn't know about the Mac Venture games back then. I think that's basically why I didn't play them. We didn't have them. If I had access to Shadowgates and stuff like that, I would most definitely have played it on my dad's SE30. Like, no, no, no doubt about it. But I think the UI, like the basic Mac UI, lots of games used it, and it was actually amazing for the games that used it. Even Civilization used the standard UI. Like the game field was like a window and it, some other things were just windows in it. It it certainly gave it a special feel, which which was good rather than just using custom stuff.
0: According to uh, I've got I've got Shadowgate Mac Adventure version and according to Steam it came out in 2015.
1: <laughs> oh, they they released it on Steam like the black and white one? Yeah. Yep, <laughs> that's wild.
0: It's it's hilarious, man. I got to say, because I was just like, "Oh shit!" I didn't even know because they remade Shadowgate and like just did a digital like updated version, and it's they they have a point where you can just set it back to the original soundtrack from NES too. So I was just like, "Oh, oh yes," wow. but uh, I I was just like, I didn't know about the Mac Venture series, and then so they have like Deja Vu, Shadowgate, I think the Uninvited. Un-Invited yeah. So basically all the I think all these ones that you'd see on Nintendo that are basically the only point-and-click games that I've really had any experience with as a kid, they were all originally on Macs. So I thought that was cool, and that's part of the reason why I wanted to talk about this because we have all these experiences with Nintendo stuff, and I didn't even know that they came from somewhere else first. So I like seeing where like things springboard off. I had one of those, uh, oh, what do you call it? One of those bootleg. 31-in-1 cards that you get, you know, for NES. And it was one of those ones that doubled as, like, the Famicom, too. So, like, it had the adapter, so it would work. (laughs) And I never realized... There's games like Karatika and stuff like that that I didn't know. I just thought they were these unapproved, unauthorized Nintendo games, you know, that just weren't didn't have that Nintendo stamp of approval on them. (laughs) But a lot of them were just ports of Mac games that I had no idea until... I was actually doing research on this this week, so it was kind of cool to see. <laughs> it's mind blowing to me, I gotta say. It's just this, and Amiga, and Commodore 64 are three things that I want to check out more. And anybody who likes retro gaming, vintage gaming, whatever you want to call it, I think it's cool to experiment with it. Go back to the roots, like Cloaked said, and can, you know where your roots are probably based off of something else. So go back a step further and see what inspired these games because some of them, they don't really impress you. They, they've impressed the hell out of me.
2: Yeah, it's it's never too late to pick up older stuff, whether it be Color64 or Amiga or in this case, like old school Macintosh stuff. I mean, there's there's I have my experience, but there's so much stuff I missed. Like I had no idea the Mac Adventure games were on the Mac back then. This is something I learned like a few years ago. Actually, because I played Shadowgate on NES and I had no clue because, well, I simply didn't have access to it. I'm glad I got to experience what I experienced back in the day. But I also appreciate that I can go back and experience, especially now that I have real hardware, of course, but that's not necessary. There are lots of great emulators out there. So you can absolutely fire up an old school Mac emulator and play Dark Castle. I mean, why not?
1: Well, one of the reasons why I love the MISTER so much, and I never bought it for this, but PC uh, emulated issues that does, so the, the hardware simulation that oh. does. Like, there's a the mini-MIG core on, on the MISTER, and it's a great way to play Amiga games, and I got a whole pack of hundreds of titles I've never even heard of. So I'm, I'm really digging the Amiga stuff, and I'm pretty sure there's a Mac core. I have to set it up. But yeah, when I got the MISTER, it was all consoles. I didn't realize such a gap in my gaming history, I guess, of games I could have played.
2: Yeah, that would be super cool.
1: All
0: right, there's there's two games I want to ask about for you, Cloak, just in case you've played them. All right. And so one is from 1985 by Ann Arbor Softworks. It's called Grid Wars. Have you heard of it or played it? Ooh, I don't think I have. Okay, because this one, it's... I like the premise of it, is what caught my eye, is because you're going to a bar, you're in a bar, <laughs> in, in space... So it, just think of, like, the cantina from Star Wars. I'm like, this is perfect. Because, like, what year did the original Star Wars movie come out? That was, like, late 70s something. Yeah, 77, I think. Yeah, so this is 1985, and, like, the first thing I thought of is, this is, like, the cantina in Star Wars. You All these, like, random aliens that, like, like I'm not talking little green men i'm talking just like weird one dude's a big furry thing the other thing's like a fish man like this (laughs) this all over the place all in black and white and the goal of the game is basically you're at a bar and you want to drink but you can't drink until you beat everybody at this one game (laughs) in the bar called grid wars so it's kind of (laughs) meta so the so the game is actually a game within the game and it's just like this it's It's like a simple, almost like a a Gradius or Galaga thing. You have to shoot the oncoming things and prevent stuff from coming at you, like a lot of games were in that time. But I just thought it was really cool because the artwork was really neat. And this was after me researching and seeing, oh, what's the the first game that you were talking about? It was like the tank one where you have to shoot the mortars and take the tanks before they get to you. Yeah. And that looked like... Atari, uh, like uh, Bonsai or something like that, or I can't remember. Yeah, that's sounds Green. familiar. Yeah, so it's it, like, I was thinking all these old games that have basically black and white versions of Atari, you know, that's what I was thinking. And then I saw the grid roars, and I was like, what the hell? Like, that was real. that stuck out to me. That was like, I didn't realize how good the graphics could be for something literally black and white, no shades of gray. So I was like, this is amazing to me. But there's one other one I I want to ask you about. If you haven't played Grid Wars, we can't talk about that. <laughs> Nop. Have you played Nop?
2: <laughs> no, I don't think I have.
1: <laughs> so who who made that one, Paulsh?
0: I'll tell you in a second, <laughs> but I want to I want to describe Nop. So Nop is basically a 2D version of volleyball. All right? So they have the volleyball rules. But it's really okay. Fuck it. I'm, I'm not even going to get this out. I can't do it. It's Pong backwards. <laughs> <laughs> it's G N O P apostrophe. That's that's Nop. And this was made in 1990 by Bungie. If anybody knows Bungie, if you're oh. an Xbox fan, you know what Bungie made. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and this was apparently their first th- their first game was basically a Pong knockoff. And they spelled it backwards and they just changed the rules up a little bit. So I just thought that was hilarious. That was what they did on a Mac. So yeah,
2: I did not know that. I know that Bungie made that this was a, this was a huge exclusive Bungie made. That was later. It required a faster color computer. Uh, they made Marathon, right? Uh, FPS, like doom fast, but uh, more fancy. It had more features and such.
1: And a fun one, too. I played a little bit of it at Friends Place. But Marathon was always the game they said, see, see, Mac is better. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. That's (laughs) that's
2: how it got presented to me. I think my dad's relative or friend showed me, like, hey, look at this. This is much cooler than your Wolfenstein and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, this is cool, but I don't own a Mac.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think the earliest memory, like I said, where my friends had the Macs. The first time, I'm pretty sure it was on an iMac because it was all that self-contained thing except for the keyboard. Uh, I think the only time I ever saw this game was on Mac was MDK in the 90s. And my friend was just like blown away by it. He was showing it off. And this is, this was where I, I first experienced that, see, Mac is better. Because you're, he was explaining how you'd like zoom in with a sniper rifle from over a mile away and stuff like that to take somebody out. It's like, GoldenEye, you can't do this on GoldenEye.
1: Man, IMAX. So just a side thing. The only thing I remember from IMAX. So the high school I went to, they basically they put in a movie. Um, Detroit Rock City was filmed at my old high school. And the money the school made from that being our location, they used it to buy IMAX for almost every classroom. That's how much they made off that movie. Wow. And <laughs> wow. all I remember is computer studies class. We're sitting at the IMAX and those things didn't have floppy drives. It was CD drives. So we had, and we, But we're so used to doing all the work on floppy disks before on the old Macs. So the teacher had a Portable floppy drive, and he had to go to station to station to station so we could load our, our assignments onto the computer. Every class—that's my exposure to IMAX.
0: Nice.
2: Yeah, I, re- I remember thinking that was weird too. Like, no floppy drive. Holy oh, crap! That's my whole life.
1: Well, they, yeah. they really pushed the envelope on hardware, right? Like, oh yeah, from, yeah. You know.
2: I mean, it, it's not like they totally made away by floppy drives. You could still buy a USB floppy drive for it. Uh, the IMAX, like, these are newer machines. Just The G3 iMacs. They had USB and FireWire, which was very much before
1: its time. Oh yeah, FireWire uh, is amazing technology.
2: Yeah, and also USB, of course. But that also means, like, even with the older, like I said, you have SCSI on the old Macintosh computers, uh, and then you have later on, with, with the iMacs, you have USB, and they are severely dated machines, but you can still... They're accessible like with modern peripherals. It's kind of cool.
1: Actually, it's, it's neat because um, my, my, my wife's cousin, she has uh, a, a much later model Mac, uh, iMac. I'm trying to think it was 2015, I think it was. And she asked me to see if I could get it working again. And I was worried about stuff not being compatible or or not be able to do anything with it. But sure enough, USB key, you know, 50, 60 gigs big, works no problem on the iMac. Uh, things i looked up just worked just like a charm the only headache i had is to get the latest version of mac on it that could had to have the the app store installed there's that weird jump when mac went to an app store format and that was the headache but hardware wise it was great anything i plugged into it keyboards mice worked just fine like i was really impressed with what apple does there that
0: that same mac actually made an appearance in the last episode we released so that was in the Not the VR episode, in the PlayStation Classic one, because that's when you were working on that when we were recording that, so you hear that. If you listen carefully in that episode, you can hear that bomb. Right, because I was updating it.
1: (laughs) That's wild.
2: By the way, to backtrack a little bit regarding like old black and white Macintoshes and graphics quality, one thing worth noting is I, I think the standard resolution of an old Macintosh is 512 by 384,
1: It's pretty big, actually.
2: Yeah, which is pretty much a high resolution. If you compare to, like, DOS games and Amiga games, I think most resolutions were around 320 by 200 and stuff like that. At least the standard resolution in DOS, like VGA 256 colors. So it was a pretty high resolution. And in a lot of games, they actually made the monochrome look good with good dithering or dithering. Yes. I think... For pictures, there's there's a modern game. It's called Return of the Obra Dinn.
1: Oh, I've seen some of that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It uses, I think they call it, I think it's that algorithm. It was an old alg- algorithm they used to convert color pictures to monochrome. It's called At- Atkinson algorithm, I think. Okay. I think the game uses that. So it renders everything in monochrome using that algorithm in, in real time.
1: It's a really cool modern take on, on a retro style of graphics, for sure. The black and white.
2: Yeah, and, and I love it. I think it's amazing.
0: I just want to mention, too, for anybody wondering what the hell dithering is, I think the easiest way for me to com- explain it to anybody who doesn't know is kind of like stippling when you're shading stuff in art class with the dots as opposed to, you know, actually shading with a brush stroke. So it's just like dot, 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 dot. It's like the digital version of that. I think that's a easy way to explain it.
2: Yeah, color color reduction, basically.
0: Right. So you don't have the colors, but you basically use like shading to change it, and the dithering kind of gives it this more depth. So Yeah. Anyway, sorry to cut you off there. I just wanted to get that out, because otherwise I'd probably forget for next time. So.
2: <laughs> Thinking back, it, it, it's kind of bad that like, I played some really cool like, point-and-click adventure games on the newer Macintosh, like in color, some of those would probably have worked very well in black and white with an algorithm like that, so it's a shame they didn't support it because the Macintosh could probably handle it performance wise
1: yeah like the the chips and the CPU inside was fine it was just it just a limitation of the color palette really yeah, but I mean, it's still interesting that you take like you said the high res considering screen the Mac and put it side by side with Nintendo <laughs> like. Nintendo is not that detailed on its graphics, not like the Mac was. It just has colors. For input on the Mac, were there ever controllers, or was it just strictly mouse and keyboard?
2: There actually there was. I was never exposed to it back in the day. However, I was exposed to it a few days ago. I was watching an online auction. Uh, apparently, the Gravis GamePad, it's like a classic. classic
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah
2: <gasps> it was released for the Macintosh
0: okay i had one of those
2: yeah it has like the mac the old school macintosh it didn't use usb of course it had a proprietary connection for mouse and keyboard called adb and i think the game um the game pads used the same connector so you could use there was a good because you could pretty much chain devices that was the good cool thing with the old school Macs. you could connect the keyboard to one of the adb ports and then you can connect your mouse to either the other port or the extension port in your keyboard so you can probably chain a lot of devices.
1: Yeah, the Mac keyboard was a, a thing of beauty, that thing. And I remember the extra port on it.
2: Yeah. and the power on button. On at least on more modern I'm not sure, it doesn't work on the SE30 because that has like a rocker switch. But the more modern ones that had you can turn them on with the power button on the keyboard.
0: I would smash that thing in anger while playing a game. I'll tell you that right now.
2: Oh yeah. And, and I'm lucky actually, as I said, <laughs> I have my dad's old SE30 here. It's refurbished. I also have his old 2SI computer. Uh, it, it's not refurbished and it's not in use, but I do have it. Uh, I have a, a little bit more modern Quadra 700 Macintosh that I used to play like, mo- not modern, but like newer games in color. And it has... Since it has an adapter, like old school Macs that supported external monitors, they didn't, of course, use VJ. They used some proprietary crap. Uh, but there are adapters, and I have an adapter for it, so that I connect <laughs> a VJ monitor, and/or in my case, a capture card, so I can capture output from it. Uh, which is amazing because I have now I have access to everything. I I can play. If I want to play SimCity 2000 and Civilization in color, I can do so.
1: <laughs> Show off. Well, the one thing I was looking at was, um, so we said like they like pushing the envelope on hardware, and they, they really aggressively pushed CD-ROM drives, and oh, yeah. Myst was originally released on Mac first, right? And they really took full advantage of the CD format for all that video and audio. So I always found it really interesting there. I'm trying to remember when Myst came out. Myst was ended late 90s or mid 90s?
0: I think it was mid. Yeah, it's according to my mind palace the initial release date, (laughs) September twenty fourth, nineteen ninety
1: three. Really, ninety three. So
2: yeah, that sounds about right because I remember I haven't played Mist, but I remember hearing about it in my teens.
0: That's actually another game I think I was introduced to on Mac. My friend was saying it, but he was really heavy into M D K, and it wasn't that was older than M D K, obviously. So. So he, he was trying to show off the newest stuff. But yeah, I think I think we got it covered, man. I think we're doing pretty good here. Sounds like Cloak can entertain us with hardware talk and stuff like that for hours, because it's usually what we do in streams. Anyways, <laughs> I always just ask him questions.
2: I actually have a fun fact. I have a, a friend of mine that's he's very into Macintosh computer. He's the one that provided me with my Quadra 700 and I provided him with another SE30 machine, he told me, and I didn't know that, this was just a few years ago, that around, I think it was early 90s or something, uh, Apple actually made their first Unix-based operating system. They made an operating system called AUX. This was way before Mac OS X. So this is actually an operating system. It looks like the old Mac OS 7 or System 7, but it has a, a Unix core. And I think this was... They were targeting like government stuff and inst- other institutions that had... Um, the computers were required to uh, be up to certain standards. So this was this was an, uh, an experiment to target like government contracts and stuff. So he told me about this and he actually got me to install it on my SE30. So I have AUX running on it. I can easily huh. switch between... Between it, I had absolutely no use for it, other than the (laughs) fact that you can boot it up and you have a Unix prompt and like you can compile Unix programs on it and whatever. It's not very useful, but there are some diehard fans out there. Um, I didn't know about this, so I think this was actually Apple's first experiments with using a Unix-based system way before OS X came out.
1: Well, that's like, OS X was... You're talking like 10 years before OS X, at least, right? That is wild.
0: AUX was 1988. Oh, so it's that early. Okay.
1: Okay. All right. It's still really cool, though.
2: Yeah, very, very cool. No, so you, you can actually... It was like a combination of a Unix system and the graphical interface of System 7. It did have... It wasn't very compatible. I, I think only a few programs, actually. Like a standard Mac OS programs actually worked. I have tried it myself with a few games and it just crashes. Some some work, some some others don't, so I don't recommend running it. Aside from like the fun of it. But it's still very interesting that they actually started down that path fairly early. Although it was just a sidetrack back then.
1: Well like thinking outside the box is definitely Apple's trademark, I think, right? I yeah. mean lately it's all the marketing spin, the external side of things, but They've always tried pushing new hardware or, you know, new operating systems or taking advantage of Unix earlier. Like they definitely tried to push the envelope on certain areas.
2: Yeah, you can certainly see, I mean, some some things I've started to realize just the latest few years, like, for example, the iPhone. Now, now we're talking like very modern stuff, but the iPhone is a good example of giving the people what they want, not what you are asking for. Right. Uh, because the iPhone is obviously a success. Not every phone looks like an iPhone. So you can't really argue with that. But if you start to go backwards from there, they pretty much have been doing the same thing at least during the time Steve Jobs was in charge. They were doing things. They were basically telling people what they wanted. They were giving people what they wanted before they knew it. They didn't do what people asked for. They were just providing them. Okay, this is, this is what you need. This is what you want. And people, for the most part, just agreed with it. <laughs>
0: I mean, they're geniuses for that, I gotta say. That's I'm not a I'm not a Mac guy, but yeah that's yeah, they've nailed that's a science for them. Yeah. <laughs> and it's impressive to see Well when
1: Jobs came on board with Apple, he um, so the Mac the time they had I think a few dozen models of Macs and when Jobs came in, one of the things he pushed for was to reduce it from dozens of models to like four or five to try and reduce the scope for manufacturing, I guess, but also just to tell people, here's your options. It's less. It's easier yeah. to kind of get into. Yeah.
2: And you don't have to be an Apple guy to appreciate the brilliance like dating back to the 80s when, when it was just uh, Steve Jobs and Wozniak like in the beginning of it all uh, figuring out graphical user interface when, when DOS and CPM and wherever and Unix systems were the standard like text-based terminals. For how much I love text-based, ter- text-based terminals I gotta appreciate <laughs> what the Macintosh did
0: yeah, it opens things up to a whole different audience. Like it makes it easier and more accessible. And I think that's why Windows took off as well, too, because I, I understood DOS at the time, like as a younger kid. I can't remember much about it now. But going to Windows, it felt really easy. And if I had any time with the Mac I'm sure I would have figured it out, but I mean that's back when I was experimenting and playing around, see what I could do, see what kind of games I could play. Now it's more like, how do how do I check my videos and, and watch my videos and basically just like, huh, okay, how do I check Facebook, sadly? <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, good stuff. I
0: think, uh, yeah, we'll have to call it quits here. Maybe talk some more Mac stuff again, maybe later Mac, and see how it's evolved because I, I love making fun of... Th- the Mac users for games <laughs> because that's always the meme. It's like, uh, you know, I'm on a gaming PC or I'm on a gaming computer, and you ask for a MacBook. Those those memes are timeless to me. So, but I, I mean, my friend used to play World of Warcraft with us on a Mac, and it, you know, other than him just being really shitty DPS, <laughs> there was no issues.
2: I certainly have my gaming roots on the old school black and white Macintosh. I have no shame in admitting that. I, I started out my. My love for video games. Well, I deepen my love for video games on old school Macs, for sure.
0: Well, we probably cut our teeth and probably our fingertips on these old computers that had the dust covers, so it's all fair. I mean, we've earned it. It's okay. Kids don't know how easy they got it, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm waiting. I should insert, insert an OK Boomer in there. But, uh, yeah, no, this has been great, man. Cloak, thank you for hanging out with us, and... Uh, you want to tell anybody listening where they can find more of you? Well, thank you so much for having me.
2: Yes, you can certainly find me at Twitch.tv/cloakedalien, and you can take it from there.
0: Cool. Thank you. And uh, yeah, you can find me as well on Twitch.tv/palsh109. That's P-A-L-S-H 109. And I, I believe Jake Jake's been streaming, so we got to keep we got to keep him going. Yeah,
1: three times in one week. Look at me go. Wow. <laughs> and then nothing for the last week. <laughs> I blame Cyber Shadow for making me salty. But, yeah, you can find me at twitch.tv or over on Twitter. Sick Jake. No cane sick.
0: Awesome. And for anybody else who's still listening, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. And if you want to go the extra mile, we do have the Patreon going. So it's just that little extra. But check it out at uh, pat, uh, patreon.com slash cancel. So anybody who's interested, check it out. We have a monthly post there for movies and uh yeah, hope to hear from you guys again soon. So again, thanks Cloaked, and uh, hope to hope to hear from you again soon. Special thanks for music go to Arthur the Last Ancient on Spotify or The Last Ancient on Bandcamp. For more episodes, please visit our website at pressb and also feel free to like, comment, subscribe and check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Patreon. As always... Thank you. This has been... Press B to cancel.